0: guarding the entrance to Corum's Citadel are two enormous clay soldiers. The one to the left has formed their hands into massive hammers, while the one to the right has sharpened their hands into arcing blades. The formidable pair stand above the unexpected visitors. The harpy, Caris Bristlewing, shrinks nervously behind her companions. Formerly of Earl and one of the many Earl Earls, the changeling suppression even though they are free now from that bondage, they still retain all of their memories from that time. Finding meaning in death by protecting others, Barreras Grey has spent his afterlife growing stronger and training to fight. The three of them stand with the changeling assassin Vale. Their living body has aged quickly in Coram's realm, but they are still very much alive. Attempting to hide that fact from Coram's servants, they have released a shadowy visage from a glass amulet around their neck. While the souls of the dead are permitted to seek Corum, the guards do not take kindly to surprises. What do you do?
1: The veil looks him dead in the eye, says We have an appointment. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Full on bold faced lie. <gasps>
0: Well, I think a couple things need to happen here first then, Vale, if you're going to lie to these guards. One, um, they have to believe your disguise. Because if they think that you are a living person here, I don't think it's going to matter whether or not you have an appointment. Maybe it will. Like, we'll still roll for it anyways. But it will definitely affect the DC. (laughs) So, can you read us... um, can you please read what they need to do to save against this?
1: Yes. I didn't realize I hadn't printed this amulet up yet, so it's loading. Give me one second. Here we go. That's perfect. Okay. Faster than I could talk. Uh, da, 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 da. It's an investigation check. DC uh, okay. 16.
0: Can, can you read like the...
1: Oh, yeah. I'll read the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, a wisp of darkness emerges from the amulet, covering the face of whoever wears the amulet with a grim visage. While active, the wearer can pass as dead. A successful DC-16 investigation check reveals the deception. Once revealed, a creature cannot be deceived again until spending at least one day apart from the wearer.
0: Yes, thank you. Just so we all know what's going down right now. Well, us here at the table and the listeners, the characters don't all have to know. So first, let's find out if they think you're dead or not. Uh, I need their stats. Oh... Oh no, I have made a bad, bad decision. (laughs) Sorry, these guys are not smart.
1: Oh good, I was worried.
0: I picked them more for their physical prowess than their mental prowess. Wonderful. So yeah, they will each roll. Well, the highest they rolled was a 14. So they both believe that you are in fact dead. You're a soul. You belong here in the grand scheme of things. You belong in this realm. Now then, you're lying to them, saying you have an appointment. <laughs> okay, I think first, before we roll for that deception, let's have a little uh, let's have a little talk here. The one on the left with the giant hammers for hands leans down closer, almost taking a knee just to be a little closer in height. Says. An appointment? With whom?
1: With Corum himself.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't hear about any special appointments today. And he like turns and gives a look at the blade-handed guard and they just kind of shrug. Like, I, I, I don't know, why are you asking me? We have the same information. So, let's roll some deception. Let's see how well they believe you.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a 14 on the die plus my 9. God. So That's a 23.
0: Daring into my strengths. ah, uh, uh, no. <laughs> that's all right. No, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. You didn't want to fight these guys anyways, I'm sure. Uh. <laughs> he stands up and his hands mold themselves back into hands. Hmm. Hmm. Well... If you have an appointment, then... Huh. I guess you're free to go in. Um... Hmm. I'm trying to think if he's going to have any other questions for you real quick. Um... You know what? No. No. I think you'll get yourselves into more trouble inside than out.
2: Oh, wonderful. Gee, thanks. All right.
0: Okay. He moves back to take his position on one side of the gate. The one with the arcing blades forms their hands back into hands and they stand at attention. And as the four of you walk into the gate, their eyes just follow you.
1: And as we uh, continue forward... Into the compound, I uh, whisper to my harpy companion, who I believe has done the most reconnaissance.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so which way are we headed?
0: Oh, um, well, Corum lives. Or no, I shouldn't say lives. Corum is alive. Not going to. But Corum spends most of his time in his chambers judging the dead. I imagine that's where we would find him. So we must go up. And she, like, points at the door into the actual citadel itself and then just raises her wing higher and higher to show, like, oh, yeah, way up there at the top.
1: So, okay. Okay, we knew about this. We are prepared for challenges. Um, what is going to be... Are you aware of a uh, safest route for us to take to get up there? Which I kind of say to the general group, but more inclined toward our... Mm-hmm.
0: Karis motions to her wings and just says,
1: "Oh, flying!
0: But I don't think we all can.
1: No, we're not all gifted with that talent.
0: No, okay. No, I mean, she she would have known. It's not a surprise to her. <laughs> if one of you could fly, that would be a surprise. Well, does anybody have any uh, good ideas for making it up there? Or I mean, you can just go inside. Uh,
2: I vote for walk." <laughs>
0: Is in, go inside.
2: Uh, it's my only option. I, I don't have any other ones. Me neither. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the plan. All right. But uh, why don't we do a lap, see if we can't maybe find a, a, a back entrance. Maybe we can't sneak in the back way instead of walking into the front door.
0: Oh, well, yes, I'm absolutely certain there are multiple entrances into this citadel. Once you're within the outer walls, and since you are on the inside, the other guards at the other gates are not turning in to pay you any mind. And yes, there's a back entrance. There's a side entrance.
1: Perfect. Then um, we, want the, mm, we want the entrance that looks least
0: used. Okay, well then people are going to have to roll me some investigation checks.
2: Oh. Well, I'll try.
0: Because you've all found the doors. Now you need to get specific information about the doors.
2: <laughs> oh, Not
0: what they taste like, though.
2: That's basically what I do to try to figure it out. Not on purpose, though.
0: Oh, bu- 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 bu. Let's start from the bottom this time. Barreris. Four. <laughs> Damn, that is the bottom. <laughs> woof. Uh, suppression. Eleven. Veil. Thirteen. Huh. Okay. In which case, I'm going to say it's that back door there that looks like it's the most disused.
1: Cool. Uh, Then let's go in the door. I don't want to kick it in. Um, I want (laughs) to walk up to it and open it like I'm supposed to be walking up to this door and opening it.
0: Yeah, sure. It is a large wood and stone door, many times your own height, allowing for the passage of the larger souls, but... Pushing the door, it opens rather easily, and you can all head in. Great.
1: So we need to meet rather quick here. I only have an hour on my disguise before it's going to dissipate. So we need to find some stairs and get moving.
2: I feel like we would have known that
0: before we started. Yeah. Yes. You would have seen this disguise before. Yeah. Okay. All right then. Let me let me do something that will help facilitate the quickness then. Within the walls of Coram's citadel, everything is quiet and orderly. The ceilings are so high that hallways feel more like alleys. There isn't a soul in sight until, several floors higher and around a corner, you find a long line queuing at the largest set of doors you've ever seen. The stones of the hallway fade from the dark red and yellow that dominate the citadel to a smooth and seamless white. Those in line wait. Patiently, confused, nervous. What do you want to do?
1: I'm assuming this line to meet quorum is not a short line, and it's not going to move quickly because he has all eternity. So, we want to see. Um, this is obviously the most. Obviously, this is clearly the most obvious and direct path to him. Can we mm-hmm. find any other alternate ways, like? You know, sometimes like in Disneyland, here's the main line, but if you went around another corner, you can find a side door that if you take that side door and the third side door in an elevator, you can get to where you need to be.
0: Like, so you want like the employee entrance.
1: Yeah, that would have been the faster way to say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or the fast pass line. There you go. That too. Either one of those. Dis- or we could ask for a back cut. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, you could ask cuts. for cuts. <laughs> back cuts. Every back cut is a front cut to somebody else. Yeah, but that's why you ask for back cuts. <laughs> okay. So, finding a separate entrance. All right. Hmm. I think this one uh, will be perception. So, everybody give me a perception check. Mm-hmm.
1: My greatest strength.
2: Oh, my God. It's my greatest strength. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Okay,
1: I'm rolling the wooden die for the first
0: time. Oh, Ooh. that was not good. Oh, no.
2: Oh, that's okay. We're going to be fine. Thank
1: God,
0: that's good. Okay, uh, let's start at the top this time.
1: Veil with my zero bonus, I have a three. Mm.
2: <laughs> all right, all right, it's going to be okay.
1: A gentleman's three.
2: It's going to be okay. Don't worry.
0: Okay, suppression. I got a six. Okay, Barreras
2: twenty. Nice. Ooh. Not a crit, but a twenty.
0: Very nice. <laughs> You're <Okay>. welcome. <laughs> So Barreras, while all of your companions are looking around, trying to find a way to bypass this very long line to go get judged by Corum, looking down the sides of this hallway, you see a number of doors. and It is extremely difficult to tell where any of them could possibly lead, but you notice a door near the front of the line and you see this very tall, very dark winged harpy enter in and she's carrying like she's carrying stacks of papers, scrolls, journals, that type of stuff. She goes in and then maybe 5-10 minutes later comes out with significantly fewer. Clearly somebody who works here and who has business either directly with Corum or Corum adjacent. The way she carries herself definitely denotes military, someone who's trained to serve. And she looks over this line of souls waiting to be judged with a very analytical gaze, not deigning to interact with any of them in particular, just keeping note and watching the progress. She walks across the hall, enters into a different door, and vanishes from sight. But you get the feeling that that first door, way up near the head of the line, is either connecting to the room with Coram, or at least very close to it.
2: Okay. I relay all that to the team.
0: Okay. So what are you doing? Barreras or anyone. It sounds like Barreras has told everybody.
2: I, uh, I just, I tell everybody and then I kind of defer to Vale. It's Vale's mission. I'm just here to help.
0: Well,
1: with that being said, then we want to try and nonchalantly make our way up to the door and see if we can't get through it.
2: You want to look like you're meant to be there. Mm hmm. I'm gonna let you know right now. I have a plus zero to deception. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there, so you know before we start this. I will not be saying a word.
1: What's
0: your uh, what's your performance skill, former bard?
2: I was never a bard. It's also zero.
0: Awesome. Barreras was only a musician.
2: I it has gone, and that part of me has gone by the wayside since I died.
1: Oh, He's atrophied.
2: Yeah. I've put my I've put my skills in other places in the afterlife.
0: Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think which skill this would be to just walk into or walk past a line like you belong Like a like you're meant to. I mean, you know, I'm I'm willing to hear arguments for different skill checks here. I think I would default to performance or performance. Um <laughs> But if there's something else that you feel is suitable here, I I'll hear an argument. Like this isn't performance, as in putting on a show. Well, it's putting on a show.
2: It is, but it's yeah. not like
0: an entertainment show. It's just a believable show. So I could see deception as well to some extent.
2: I'll go with whatever anybody says because the only things I have major bonuses in are not right <laughs> at all. <laughs>
1: cool then I'm going to go with the deception side of it, like walking up like I am, I guess like the best deception would be like with the
0: air of someone who has the authority to just walk right through the door. Okay. What about you, Barreras, and Suppression?
2: I will very happily follow Vale's lead. Okay. As best I can.
0: Suppression is going to go performance. Like this is... I'm supposed to go here, mm-hmm. Nate. Um, I'm not saying like this is something that would be suitable for right now, but something that I just realized mm-hmm. that we hadn't really talked about. Um, and Chris would actually have like the stats for it. But as a changeling, you can still change. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I forgot about that.
0: But you are like a soul, so you actually belong here more than Vale does. It's like. People knowing your identity isn't that much of a big deal, but just have that in the so- like in your head somewhere. Like if you needed to change how you look or wanted to, that would be fine. I appreciate that because it totally did not even occur to me. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I imagine after being stuck as Earl Earl for almost like all of your life, being yourself again is pretty nice. Somewhat freeing, yes. Okay. So then, yeah, let's have everybody roll their... Sounds like deception, deception, and performance. Performance.
2: I'm going to preemptively apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry.
0: Okay. Let's start this time in the middle with suppression. We got a 20, not a crit. 20. Ooh. Barreras? Four. Mm. Sorry, guys. And finally, veil.
2: 21. Okay. Damn, I suck. I suck a lot. Quick, so take as, me prisoner.
0: <laughs> you know, there <laughs> are stupid. such things as like group skill checks. It's not, I'm not going to punish one person, the whole group for one person failing every time. Sometimes, that's, yes.
2: That's good because I suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think as you're all walking up this line. Karis straightens herself up and actually starts... um, She puts on an air very much like what that other harpy walked with. Karis understands how the harpy... I don't want to say patrols, but how the harpy squads operate and how to carry herself like one of them. And I think with Veil and Suppression, both moving like they belong here, the most that anybody's getting, even with Barreras's failed attempts to look like he belongs, are just some real sidelong glances. All of these people in this line are very recently dead. Some of them aren't even certain what's going on, but they just have this kind of notion that they need to be in this line. And they see you walking past, but none of them stop you. And the four of you arrive at this door, which a quick touch of will tell you is locked. And considering how few doors were actually locked on your way here, none of them actually, encountering a locked door is strange. It is definitely a sign that something is being protected here or somebody wants to keep you out. Ideas? We could knock. Uh,
2: you I'm got thinking, thieves tools?
1: I do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, trying to you know, unlock this door in this hallway with all these people watching is uh, not going to be
0: subtle.
2: I'm six foot and huge. You could just stand well, behind me.
0: I mean, if that's the plan, uh, Karis can also interject. Well, I could, I can spread my wings out. Maybe block you a little bit too. Okay. It only looks somewhat suspicious, but
2: I'll just stand with my shield in front of me and yeah. like my axe in front of it, like I'm just guarding the door.
1: All right, let's let's give it a shot then. Fingers crossed. Okay. Let's try and unlock that door. It's a twenty-three.
0: Ooh, very very nice. Very quickly and probably more importantly, very silently, manage to unlock this door, and it swings open.
1: And I, uh, what do I say? Um, I'm trying to think of something that was just casual, but like clearly going to tell them we're good, and I just say, "All right, let's move." And I okay. step into the room, anticipating that they're going to follow me.
0: I follow.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm in. Off we go.
0: Karis comes in last. And quickly closes the door behind all of you.
1: I, I, I turn to her and her. Is it them? Her? Her. Her. Um, I turn to her and say lock that door.
0: Uh, but I don't have the key.
1: Oh, it doesn't have an interior lock. Okay. Got no. it. <laughs> Too bad. Alright, never mind.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Inside the room you find yourself in a Massive, massive study. There are ledgers and papers everywhere. Orderly, definitely, but there's certainly logs, or there's certainly something being kept here as far as information goes. There's a desk on each of the walls, each have a candle, a quill, stack of papers, and all of the walls are covered in bookshelves holding these different ledgers. Looking up, the ceiling is incredibly high, just like in the hallways. Mm -hmm. And if it weren't for a small chandelier at the top, you may not even be able to see the ceiling. Across from the door, there's a small window, maybe a few feet high.
1: Is there any sort of other exit from this room?
0: Standing here in the middle of the room, the only other exit you see is the window.
1: Cool. All right, boys. Hey. Hems hey. Carreras. I was getting there. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can't find a secret door, shall we?
2: <laughs> what? Looks like a bookshelf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't honestly think that Corum doesn't have some sort of secret way in and out of his uh, chambers, do you?
2: Oh, I mean, I guess not. But what makes you think it connects in here?
1: Just
0: makes sense.
2: Sorry, I have a really low intelligence. And so I'm like trying to
0: (laughs) try to RP that. I get you. you. As an aside, Barreras, what is your intelligence?
2: Well, it's eleven now, but only because I'm wearing that crown thing. Okay. Was nine.
0: Um, (laughs) Karis interjects, Well, it does look like we are next door to the chambers, so if there is a secret passage, it would make sense that it would be here too, right? And,
1: uh, that's what I was thinking. Karis, why don't you take high and see if maybe it's up in the space we can't quite see. We'll search down here for a moving bookcase or a sliding door or fake wall or okay. something. Okay.
0: okay. Break. Uh, Karis jumps into the air and starts flying around the bookshelves for an investigation. So, leaving the three of you looking for a secret door somewhere in this room. Um, <laughs>
2: i really wish there was any way i could talk myself into perception anyway but it's not
0: it's not gonna be perception no this isn't a wisdom thing
2: i know i know it's not
0: (laughs) this is absolutely an investigation thing so tell me how are people looking and investigating for the secret passage
1: Um, I'm going to say veil as an assassin is trained to find kind of hidden passageways. And the kind of base of the training is looking for in a room like this, looking for books that don't look like they belong where they are or that are like Mm -hmm. pushed too far in or pushed too far out. That could serve as some sort of like lever or latch or mechanism to activate a door.
0: What about you suppression? How are you looking? What are you Mm -hmm. looking for? How are you interacting with the room? Uh, Let's see. uh, The closest thing that I can think of is like sort of
2: drawing on memories of being Earl Earl and, you know, like keeping an eye on everyone and (laughs) looking around and being real uh, attention to detail, we'll
0: say. Mm. I'm guessing Earl Earl had some secret passages of his own, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I should kind of know what they look like. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's some good flavor there. Bararis?
2: I'm literally looking at the bookshelves themselves just to see like if there's one or a piece of it that like doesn't match. <laughs> Cause okay. I don't, I don't understand what they're talking about. So I'm like, again, I'm going to see if this if one of them looks like a door.
0: <laughs> okay. Then yeah, I think in that case, everybody can roll investigation to try to find this hidden passage. <sighs>
1: Thank God for Reliable Talent.
0: Damn it. What does Reliable Talent do?
1: It turns anything lower than a 10 into a 10. Oh, that's pretty good. If I have proficiency in what
0: I'm
2: rolling, which I do. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Barreras.
2: I got a 13.
0: Hey, not bad. Suppression. 10. And Veil.
1: 19. Nice. Mm. Shell off. (laughs) What that means is I rolled less than 10.
0: <laughs> what was on the die? A five. Okay. You let me know if you crit fail, even with a reliable oh, yes, talent. yes, I will, obviously. Okay.
1: <laughs> You'll hear it, because even with a reliable talent, I'll still react to a one.
0: not saying you would automatically fail it, but it's good flavor. Mm, we'll just put some of that good... Flavor. That RPG MSG all over things.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tasty.
2: That's... I I don't know how I feel about that.
0: Okay. You don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's see how Karis is doing up there. Not good. (laughs) (laughs) Karis is flying around higher up in the room and having absolutely no luck in finding anything. Barreras in suppression, looking around, there's just so much here. And it's hard to tell what belongs and what doesn't belong, what might be out of place. But fail, taking your time, looking through the shelves. You notice that most of these are ledgers with simple dates and a letter code. Exactly what that code refers to, you're not sure, unless you wanted to actually spend time investigating all these books themselves. Uh, but it's some sort of filing system. Some sort of like, what's it called? Um, you know, similar to like the Dewey Decimal System. Mm-hmm. The deathy decimal system. Um, that's terrible. Cut that.
2: Absolutely not.
0: Sorry. Um, how about, ooh, how about this? The Dewey decimal system. That's ooh, better. Nice. That's, that's better. That's better. And then it works. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's good. Okay.
0: Uh, and so you're looking and you notice there's just on one of these shelves, a novel. Everything else that you've seen so far has been either unlabeled or one of these numbered and lettered ledgers. But you make your way along the left-hand side of the room and you find this novel. The cover is very similar. The styling of the letters on the spine are very similar. But rather than having a date, it just says, what's the name of this novel? I had a backup name for a book somewhere. Um, The Dwarf in the Palace. Mm. And it definitely sticks out as being odd.
1: I'm going to go ahead and see you. I'm going to call the group to me. Tell them what I found and ask them to be on the lookout, because I'm going to see what it does. Ooh, story time. (laughs) And I'm going to attempt to manipulate the book.
0: Okay. I mean, if you're just going to do it, we're just going to do it. Everybody stands back as Vale goes up to the bookshelf and pulls on this book. You pull the book out, and it comes free of the shelf. It's not mechanically attached at all. And at first, nothing happens. And you absentmindedly open the book, just waiting for something to happen. And as soon as you open it, a beam of light is drawn in the middle of the bookcase. And silently, it starts opening outwards towards you.
2: Step back and
1: let it open.
2: Barreras is baffled (laughs) by what is going on.
1: It's okay, buddy. I got this.
0: Sharp white light appears around the edges of a previously unseen door. And as this bookshelf slowly swings out in front of you, you see the backside of it, pure white, and inside, a shapeless chamber. White, dominated far off in the distance by Corum, as he is standing in judgment of a soul recently departed. Vale... You've been here before, long ago, after your first encounter with the Grayscape, when you had that audience with Coram,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: everything just feels so familiar. And as the door swings open, you hear Coram's voice, stop.
1: Um, I'm going to go for the badass move here. I'm going to just quietly, without saying a word, walk into the chamber and form a queue behind the guy he was talking to.
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god!
2: <sighs> See, and I'd say we're all gonna die, except I think just you are, because we're all, we're dead already.
0: <laughs> just line up with them. What could go wrong? Oh yeah. If... Oh,
2: I'm I'm gonna stand squarely behind. Oh, wait, Veil. what are the other
1: options share with me team what other things do you think should happen here
2: oh no I have no ideas okay. I like I, I literally am going to follow your lead I just like who as a player I'm like woof but as a character right I will literally just like oh veils lining up I literally stand right behind you and just lend my height <laughs> to your presence I think it's brilliant my height and breadth <laughs> he'll never presence.
0: notice <laughs> okay there's one thing I want to make clear before we go back into what's going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Other than Corum and this other soul, nobody else is in here. It's yep. not like there's a cue in this room.
1: Oh no! I know. Oh no! We know exactly okay. why I
2: think this yeah, is a know. brilliant image.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: We just made one. Made a cue.
0: It's very ballsy. That's why I liked it.
2: It's very veil. When you can't sneak, just fuck it.
0: <laughs> so. A few things here, a few things, which we will take in turn, because so I think you're definitely going to notice Corum's reaction before you notice who this person is that he's speaking with. Oh, dear. First, as the four of you make your way across this chamber, you cannot shake the sensation that Corum is watching you. And indeed, he has half turned his face <laughs> to keep an eye on your approach. And as you get closer and the silence is deafening, um, actually, I think two of you will recognize this person. Veil, because you've had a personal interaction with them before. And Suppression, because this person, at least in life, held a royal office. Not a noble title, but they certainly worked for the crown. And as you get closer, both of you recognize this person as Charlotte, as the orc companion to Elizabeth. Mm. Vale, thanks to your shadowy mask, right now Charlotte will not recognize you. Which I also wasn't thinking about. So damn. As in life, he does not look pleased to be here, and the four of you form a queue behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and Corum is just staring directly over his head at you. And Churlit, confused beyond all measure, briefly looks over his shoulder at the four of you, not recognizing anyone. Just turns back up at Corum and says, "Wait, I thought this was just—I <sighs> thought I was getting judged alone. What are they doing here?" <laughs> Uh, And Coram just keeps staring daggers into the four of you.
1: (laughs) Coram doesn't say anything?
0: Not yet, no. I wanted to see if you were going to react. He certainly uh, will if you don't do anything.
1: i just say, uh, we'll we'll wait our turn, Trellick. Go ahead. No, you
0: didn't. You you said his name? Oh yeah, totally.
2: (sighs) All right. (laughs) I have no idea who this dude is, so I'm kind of like, I do. You. you know him? <laughs> I don't say it, but my face definitely gives a twinge of like, huh? Is that really his name? <laughs>
0: Trilla as says, oh, Cor- I was hoping, wait, 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 how do you know my name? Do I know you? And Trilla turns around, he's like, putting his back to Corum, and he's just staring at the four of you like, should I know you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see, what's Vale gonna say? <laughs> oh no, no, you shouldn't know me. We just—I uh, just—I heard about your exploits uh, when I was still alive.
2: This is the biggest load of bullshit we've ever done, and it's so good. Is Sorry. that
0: supposed? Um, okay. Mm, first, veil vale, roll deception.
1: So it's a seven on the die. Thanks to my reliable talent. That's going to be a total of 19.
0: <laughs> wow. I'm just going to
2: say it's going to be a 19. <laughs> it's going it's to be a 19.
0: All right. Let's let's see if he believes you. He's a smart guy. Oh, but even smart guys roll threes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, okay. So what's Trillet going to say in response? Um, is that supposed to impress me? That you know who I am?
1: No, just, just saying that you shouldn't know me, but I'd heard of you. That's how I knew you. You could go ahead and, uh, and finish your conversation. We'll wait.
0: You could <laughs> go back out in the line, you know. This is supposed to be private.
1: And uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to want to talk to me next. And I just point up at Coram.
0: Mm. Suppression, Barreris, is there anything you want to do here? Nope. Um, no, just no.
2: I've got my shield and my battle axe on my on my back, and I've just got my arms folded in front of me.
0: Okay, half trying to look
2: intimidating, but also like I'm wildly confused as to how Vale knows this person.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real disrespectful to Charlotte right now. (laughs) Awesome. So as you're all having this little exchange. Corum's eyes have not left Vale's fake visage and he stares intently at the four of you. He moves forward behind Charlotte, simply reaches an arm forward, places his hand on Charlotte's shoulder and just scooches him to the side.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Charlotte is confused and wants to be angry at the <laughs> Obvious sign of disrespect, but he knows where he is. <laughs> and when your soul is on the line, maybe you don't start swearing at Corum. <laughs> Corum moves slowly and purposefully until he is standing directly in front of you. He stands much taller than any of you here. And with a look of disgust on his face he points a hand at Vale and says, You dare wear that traitor's face in my presence? Mm. I should kill you now for that alone.
1: <sighs> I, uh, let's see, what do I do? Um, oh, I'll be honest. I'll say I'm, I'm sorry. I meant uh, no
0: disrespect.
1: I only needed it so that i could get past your guards and i dismiss it
0: veil vale, as i expected and now charlotte knows who you are <laughs> and he is visibly fuming he quickly takes a step up as if to apprehend you and as he's reaching out corum just puts a hand to the side and taps him on the chest it doesn't do anything physically to him But Charlotte gets the message to stop, at least for now. This is like a a wait-a-minute type gesture.
2: As that's happening, I move and step between Charlotte and Vale. Mm.
0: Hmm. Charlotte looks down at Coram's finger on his chest, steadies himself, says, Well, at the very least, you're dead, too.
2: (laughs) I
1: just chuckle. (laughs) That's all I do. I just chuckle.
2: I think uh, even. like
1: like I'm in on a joke that he's not in on, and that's
2: the last. Yes, I think even even Barreras chuckles at that one just a little bit, just a little bit. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, all right.
0: and you see his face like turn red with anger. He's just bottling it up right now. Okay, Vale, you've come here to see me. Why? I, I
1: think you know. Exactly why I would cross the realm of the dead to come and find the Lord of the Dead being a living being in your realm.
0: Well, I imagine it's either to end your suffering or to go back to what existence you had. Which is it?
1: I want to go home.
0: And why should I let you?
1: The way I see it, in assisting Darvin and Arnas, I helped them complete their task. You owe me.
0: Hmm. Roll some persuasion. It's good logic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it.
1: Big roll. Big die. Big roll.
0: Jesus. It is a big die.
1: 14. Oh.
0: It's good. I think especially for Vale, if I remember Veil. Vale. Mm.
1: vale has zero um, bonus.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I have already paid you back by not killing you outright. After what you have done to my centuries, do you know how many souls you have destroyed during your time here? They are gone forever because of you. Mm. That's not necessarily new information. Yeah, no, I know that. I think the four of you have been around and like killed enough souls to know that, no, they just, they, they're gone. Like, um, like in Coco when, yeah. when somebody's forgotten.
1: Mm-hmm. I, uh, let's see. Hmm. I think this is what Vail's going to say. I'm aware of every life I've taken and every soul I've ended on a quest to gain my freedom from this prison. And should I not be set free, I will continue to take souls until you stop me.
0: Mm. mm. Okay. Well, this is a prison of your own doing. Nobody invited you here, Vale. And second... I don't have to do anything to stop you. Your body will give up on its own if I simply wait. Which is definitely true.
1: Oh yeah, I'm aware of that.
0: But that doesn't mean you can't do damage in the meantime, which is the point that he is purposefully not addressing.
1: And that's the point I'm going to make. I'm going to make it pointedly. Uh, Corum. what sort of effect has these loss of souls had on you?
0: Hmm. It annoys me more than anything.
1: Can I roll an insight they check are, on that? Oh,
0: sure. Yeah, if you want. I crit.
1: <laughs>
0: it does annoy him, but it's not just like traffic annoying. It's <laughs> it's like you can tell it has cost him so much time and so much effort to retrain like any of the servants that he's had, like the centuries that he's had to like find replacements for them. And you can also tell that he does not like having his plans undermined. Like that is probably the biggest thing. It's like, he had a plan. His plan is people die. I get their souls. And then if they're willing, I put them to work and you're fucking that up. It annoys me veil. I have to clean up after the mess you're making it annoys me Vale that I have fewer souls at my command and it annoys me Vale that you are taking away what is mine
1: well I will stop I guarantee (laughs) I will stop if you assist me in leaving this place but I swear with every fiber of my being that until I die and every moment after my death I will do everything in my power to take every soul I possibly can from you until I am beaten into oblivion if you do not assist me
0: hmm hmm I want you to roll something here let's see what's it gonna be I'm gonna give you advantage because this is good stuff (sighs) I think this is up to you, really. Are you persuading Quorum into making a deal, or are you threatening him into accepting terms?
1: Well, they're both plus one, so that doesn't really <laughs> bring it down there. So let me think. Character-wise, I don't see it as a threat. Vale doesn't do it as a threat. It's a promise. So it's a it's it's the bargaining chip. It's okay. this is the story of what will happen from this moment forward. You can choose to help me or you can choose your alternate fate. It's not an intimidation.
0: Okay. Then roll persuasion with advantage.
2: 18. Nice. Like that number. It's a good number.
0: And what of your three friends here? Do they share your zealous belief?
1: I do not. Deign to speak for them myself. I know they've allied with me for their own personal purposes, and so I uh, I allow them to answer your question.
2: Braris, for the first time in this interaction since he stepped in front of Vale, takes his eyes off Charlotte as, looks up at Coram and says, "I'm with them."
0: Suppression. Suppression says, "Me too." Karis, behind the three of you, stands up straight and resolute, and. Her wings take on a very proud posture. I don't want to say aggressive, but firm. I see. So I would have to not let just one soul have their way around down there, but all four of you. What would you all be willing to bargain for me to allow this to happen, to allow Vale's return, what do you offer me? Mm.
2: Uh...
1: Vale, vale will speak first since they're kind of the one pushing the whole thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> vale looks at Coram just straight in the eye and says obviously the first part of it would be, should I le- be allowed to leave all of my mischief ends? That's a given. Not a chip, but a fact.
0: Yes, the status quo is one thing. Yes.
1: In addition to that, as already a member of the denouement, I would continue to send souls to you with a redoubled effort. I would refocus my being toward the cause of the guild. Hmm. In a way to repay the debt of the souls I've taken from you.
0: Hmm. Coram then turns his attention to the others in the party and says, If I grant this for Vale, you would still be here. Your bodies are all far too gone for you to return to. What will you do after they're gone? You mentioned a loss of employees, for lack of a better word. I would perform any work you might ask. Hmm... Barreras.
2: Well, I mean, it can't have gone unnoticed to you what I've been doing for the last, I don't know, 10-ish years. I don't know how time works down here. So, uh, um, Time works
0: down here normally. It's only weird in the grayscape.
2: I would give you a guarantee that when it comes to matters between your people and the souls here, I won't interfere anymore.
0: Hmm. You would give up your mantle as a protector, just to ensure one soul can go back?
2: Only sort of. I'm still going to protect those that need it from people who are bullying them, but I'll stay out of your way. Hmm. And your people's way. But yeah, to send Vale back to my son? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Then I think he turns his attention to Karis. Um, oh... Nah, I don't want to play her that timid. <laughs> she's, she was nervous about coming back here, but she's not in her own right a timid person. Mm. As evidenced by her willingness to pal around with the three of you and go <laughs> destroy souls, or at least take part in it. I would return to my squad. I would serve with the harpies again. No more disseminating information. No more hiding things. I'll come back and work, just as I did before. Hmm. Corum is not displeased with what is being offered here. Hmm. 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 Okay, Vale. You said you would redouble your efforts, which is, well, that's nice. But simply taking out targets as determined by mortals is, well, perhaps not enough. There's perhaps a job that I could give you. And that, I think in addition to your normal work, would more than suffice. What do the four of you know about the withering? That's a really good question. Yeah.
1: I'm going to say Vale's been so zeroed in and focused on getting out that Vale knows very little aside from scant rumors that may have been whispered amongst the alleys and backways of the realm of the dead.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because you you left before that took effect. Mm-hmm. As did everybody else here in this group. Hmm. Hmm. first looks at Barreras and says, "Well, it's partially your son to thank." What? He was partially doing my service, but let's just say the consequences were unintended. There are so many so many who are afflicted by the swithering statues of them, desiccated, calcified remains. They are an affront to the natural order. Now, if you go back, I would ask that you destroy them.
1: I just want to make, sh- make clear what you're saying. And that is that, should I go back with your assistance? You want me, in addition to doing what I'm going to do, and that is refocus on my life goal of being a better assassin, to go around destroying the calcified statues of those that have suffered from the withering?
2: I think it's everybody suffering from the withering.
0: I want him to clarify. That's why I'm asking. Okay. (laughs) Yes, Vale. The statues. Hmm. If they are still living, they may continue to do so. But once they have come to rest, destroy them.
1: I see no problem in that.
0: Well, then I guess the only issue we have left here, then, is how we get your body back out. You didn't come the normal way, Vale. If you were just a soul, I could send you back. But to send back your body would require some, well, would require effort. It would require you going back the way you came. So, do you want to tell me how you got here?
1: Vale has no reason to amend the story. So Vale recounts pretty much all of the end of the last season, um, the last episode (laughs) of the last season, and uh, how they were brought to the Grayscape via uh, Pathox. And when it seemed to be falling apart and crumbling, they tried to get out the one way they knew how. The last time they were in it, and dug through the ground and ended up in
0: Coram's realm. Hmm. Well then, we'll just have to get you back into the grayscape then, won't we? Now, the way I normally get there, probably not suitable for you, but I believe your friends here as he scans the room should be able to help both with clearing a path and making your way through the actual passage. So if I can trust you all to hold to your word. I can point you the way.
1: As long as I am the path to getting out of here, I shall stay my blade unless it's in self-defense.
0: She looks at suppression in Barreras and Karras as well, seeking a final confirmation. I only stab who Vale stabs.
2: <laughs> I have no reason to lie to you.
0: Okay. Karras just focuses and nods. Very well. And as it turns out, Vale, you may not be completely unassisted otherwise. But for now, when you leave here... um, Are there cardinal directions here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you leave the citadel, head east into the outlands. I'll send word to my sentries to let you pass. But that doesn't mean other souls as he turns and looks at Churlet, may not have other grudges against you. Once you make it past the river, head north, where you will find a cave that ascends into the sky. Follow that. It's not the safest of paths. Purposefully so. But it is the easiest way for someone like you to make it there.
1: Mm. I'm just trying to think exactly what Vale does at this point. It's simple corum. thank you and should I be free I shall stick to our
0: deal oh I'll be watching you I will make sure that you adhere to our terms he stands straight stretches an arm out and the main entrance into the chamber begins to open and he says use the front door this time
1: I say thank you Start to leave. Out the
0: front door. Everybody going with? Yes.
2: I give one last look at Churlet before we go. Okay. And I'm out.
0: As you're all walking out, you can hear Churlett finally find some nerve to speak again. Before the door closes, you hear Churlet as, speak to I know I told you I wanted to spend my afterlife with my god, with Dorlek. But now... I want to stay here. And then the door closes behind you. Making your way out of the citadel, you exit through the gates and pass the guards. One of them, the one who had the hammers for hands, looks at you, simply gives you a small nod, noting that your business has concluded and you are leaving. And you make your way back into the city of the dead, guess would be the best way to put it. Are you heading out right now or are you going back to your hideout for anything? I don't know if there's anything you left behind.
1: Not that I'm aware of. I I came with everything on my person. Unless my companions have anything they're missing, I'm I'm saying no time like the present.
0: Nope. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Karis will certainly go along with you. And you begin heading east, away from the citadel, as it darkens behind you. As you get further and further away from the citadel, the buildings become farther apart and they become in greater disrepair. While the citadel and the areas immediately surrounding it are all quite orderly, with the exception of perhaps a hideout, the farther out you get, the less the departed, both recent and long ago, the less they have thought to maintain their structures. It is a very dare I say it, lived-in look. And as you get closer to the outlands, the order and the protection of Corum dwindles. There are no more guards in sight. There's surely a group of sentries out here somewhere, definitely in the skies above, but you know for a fact that some had left earlier to search for Vale. And eventually, you make it to the river that denotes the edge of the territory proper before you get into the outlands. This is not a river of water. Anybody who's come out here, who spent any time even near the edge of the city knows. It is dark and it is murky and it moves slowly. It's not water. These are the damned. These are the souls that have been cast down by Corum and the other gods as having no place in their afterlifes. Normally, they writhe and they flow just on their own, but when intruders go into the river, they can get a little agitated. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. At the $15 Governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at DibberMusic.com and on Twitter at DibberMusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrim.